more about co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, and we're really glad you found us today. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing? Hey, Lynn, I'm great. How are you? I'm really great. I'm really great. I'm very energized after oh, good. Uh, some of our recent podcasts. How about you? <laughs> I am too. I definitely am. And uh, I mean, yeah, not because of anything you and I said. Let's just be very <laughs> clear. I mean, maybe you, but you know, we've had some outsiders, no. right? <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting to talk to people about this kind of living in a smaller space, mm-hmm. living differently, living more essentially. You know, I feel like that's really been a theme that we've been um, exploring for a while now. And so I really wanted to tie that back to co-housing because we've been talking to people who are not really, it's not really specific to co-housing, you know? So while one person may move from a larger home into a smaller home and they, we've gleaned a lot of kind of tips and information about that. It's not really that specific to co-housing itself. Or if you're trying to decorate, you know, a one bedroom apartment, as opposed to a six bedroom home. That has challenges and interesting things, but it's not really specific to co-housing. So I was hoping that today you and I could uh, talk about how those things have landed with us as we mm-hmm. are looking at it specifically through the lens of co-housing. Yeah, I think, um, well, I just want to recap just for our listeners that we're talking about Sharon Staley, who talked about designing for small spaces, and then Michelle Passoff, who's written a book called Lighten Up. And um, that you can actually get on Amazon. So look her up. I've ordered the book myself. So (laughs) um, I think the thing that I took away was not all of these tactical tips on do this thing first, approach that, you know, get rid of this stuff like this, you know, do it room by room, drawer by drawer, whatever it was, all these mechanics. That, those, I mean, while there were certainly some mechanics, you know, sprinkled in there that were useful, that was not the thing that I find myself thinking about several weeks later. But for okay. me, yeah, well, there's, there's two main things. There's one thing was when one of, and I'm going to just conflate the two, and I apologize to Sharon and Michelle, they're not the same person, they're very different, but they, they both start merging together in my brain. But one of them said that she began working in this space and at first thought that it was going to be something very elemental. You know, you just, you know, get rid of stuff and you sort things and it's sort of mechanistic. And she actually discovered that it was very profound. Mm-hmm. And that really touched me. Like it I gets... think the reason why that is conflating your mind is because that is such a theme of both. Both people have yeah. said that, that it just transforms you, not in a physical way, yeah. but in some deeper way. Yeah. And I think the other kind of like headline, I've had to pick two like major, huge kind of headlines I'm still noodling on and riffing on mm-hmm. was the idea that you focus first on what you want to get out of your life. Mm -hmm. And then as a second step that seems at the beginning completely unrelated, you start working on decluttering or downsizing or getting rid of stuff. And that's where the magic happens. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. So what were your two, what were your headlines? You know, kind of like big Yeah, mine weren't even like big flashing lights, but mine were really that the 
it what it's not really tips so much it was more just that it requires some discipline that requires some discipline to look at your life or your space or your drawer or your pile of papers or whatever to just go through it and and just do it have discipline about that and you know i feel like in my life i try to have discipline about that but i definitely like let it go until it's maybe not at crisis point where but a point where i'm just like oh my gosh this has to happen now you know what i mean yeah. like I don't, I'm not as disciplined as I think I would like to be about that. Um, I just went through a, a sock drawer, like all, all the socks from the laundry would get thrown into one drawer and there were just so many socks in there. It needed to go. I need to be more disciplined about that rather than just, okay, throw them all in the drawer. I need to fold each person's socks and put them away where they yeah. belong. And then how that ties into co-housing for me is instead of, you know, letting, letting relationships go or, you know, like, oh, I haven't talked to this person in a while, just kind of letting it float. I need to be more disciplined about, oh, I want to talk to this person on this cadence. Um, and causing definitely encourages that by having people literally, mm. you know, walk across your path or join you for dinner. Um, but in our forming stage, I just need to be more disciplined about that, about reaching out to people who I very much want to be in relationship with. Um, but where it just requires, you know, even an ounce of thought or care yeah. for me you know, to do it, just not, don't let those opportunities fly by. Nice. nice. Um, so that was the first one for me. And then I think the second one for me was that when you do this kind of work, when you declutter or when you choose in the decorating sense, when you choose the things that are the most beautiful or, or most amazing to you, that those or, oh, oh, here's another one. Or the things that are like multi-purpose, things that, mm, that are yeah. versatile in your life, right? Mm -hmm. When you choose those things, you are kind of more truly you. Mm. You are getting your space to a place that you more truly love than something that's just more, more, more. And I think about that in the context of co-housing because you, I think, see your neighbors more truly as who they are as people, because you just see them in so many more contexts, you know, and you have more tethers binding you mm. together. Um, and then the reason why I thought the versatility one was interesting to me is that if you can look at your neighbors in a more versatile sense, you know, that this neighbor may be good at this thing and this thing, and may not be good at that other thing, but that's okay. They're good at this thing and this yeah. thing. You kind of think more flexibly about the people in your life too. Then mm. you have kind of a greater sense of, um, I don't know, greater sense of care and attachment to it. You know, that kind of links with one of the other um, items that I was thinking about is that one of them talked about how smaller spaces create a sense of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was just thinking about how in our information sessions, we talk about all these pedway connections, but those are out. We, we kind of visualize right now because we don't really have a clear idea of what the interior space looks like, but we can have all these artistic renditions of the outside um, that we just focus on these pedway connections, like bumping into each other, you know, going to the garage or the common house or something. But I started thinking about what she was talking about, about bringing those conversations into smaller spaces and into many different smaller spaces than we do today, because often when we get together, it's on Zoom, which doesn't feel small and intimate. Yeah. And we're not getting together in each other's homes as much. And when we do make the effort to have some sort of a gathering, it's often inviting everybody because we don't want to leave people out. We don't want to yeah. kind of become clicky inadvertently before we move in. 
And so we end up having larger gatherings where I'm terrible in a big gathering. I just flit around <laughs> like a butterfly. I can't like stay in one place any, any, any length of time. Um, and so I was just thinking, I just imagine all these small little, you know, two to threesomes having a cup of tea at different types of times of the day. And like you said, in different spaces and different situations, maybe with the different mixes of people than we have today. And I think that is going to drive us really to the true deeper connections than mm -hmm. even just the driveway, you know, bumping into each other or there or the mailroom or whatever. And that I hadn't really, she kind of really awakened in me some imagination about that, that I really liked. Um, yeah, she, that's she, really interesting. Yeah, they, she talked about the safety of the doctor's office, which I yeah. never really thought, like, who would <laughs> want to get undressed in a big, huge hall? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's funny, because when we talk about the common house, you know, that is a place that needs to accommodate a large group of people sometimes, and then also needs to be a space where people would like to gather in smaller groups. Um, I think about the common house in uh, Gray Rock had a little um, space with uh, couches, uh, built-in couches kind of in a square and bookcases up behind them. And it was a really lovely space to just be enclosed and you'd be able to have a conversation because you could easily hear the people around you. You could easily see them. You just had a feeling of, yeah, intimacy and closeness that you didn't have in kind of the bigger dining room which you also need because you need to have a bunch of people be able to get dinner, you know? Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to think about our common house in that way of creating. I know. Like how can we create a little, I'll be interested to talk to others in the group if they listen to these about that, you know, mm -hmm. I yeah. think the other thing that um, again, not, not practical physical tips, but the thing that really kind of is these two things that go together for me is freeing up time and releasing energy. I think when I, first heard her talking about, you know, set a goal or think about the goals that, that you want to, um, you know, you want to make space for in your life. I first leap to like physical space on my calendar or physical space in my life at some level. Like I'm not spending all my time, you know, managing all this stuff in all these rooms and clutter everywhere and uh you know getting stuff repaired or replaced or how to store it or at my stage of life we can't find anything anymore it would seem in our house <laughs> so um I waste a lot of time doing that you know and I thought it would be all along those lines yeah. but the more she talked about it the more she kind of do you notice how she kind of like veered off into this area of releasing energy Mm -hmm. about what it does for you when you release all these objects and like you've been there's just been this psychological uh energy that has been attached to those physical objects nothing conscious but when you start letting go all those attachments and all sorts of things start to open up to you and she mm -hmm. had examples of people's you know career ambitions suddenly launching because they you know cleared out their closet and or got rid of a bunch of stuff and I really sort of started tapping into that, that there's this, she wasn't talking about this direct correlation between less stuff equals less time spent managing stuff, but it was more like energy release to make things happen in your life might seem completely disconnected from unloading these material belongings. And that really just got me supercharged somehow. Yes, yes. Oh, I like that. 
Yeah, I think about, you know, when you go, um, say you go garden and you think like you, the way you dress to go garden and then afterwards, like on a work day, I would be covered in mud and sweaty and gross and, you know, definitely not like, um, not the way I would even go to the grocery store or not the way that I would go, you know, to uh, a performance or or the library or, you know, a lot of other places. And yet, in some ways, that's kind of a more, uh, it's a more open and truly uh, me state of being because I've gotten rid of a lot of the other things that are markers of me. Now I'm down to just like dirty jeans and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking about that in terms of um, this more, you're more truly you in in these spaces too, because you've gotten rid of some of the things that are, I'm going to call them pretensions, even though they really aren't, you know, it's not like pretentious to buy a piece of art that you love, but maybe you loved it 10 years ago and you don't love it now. And it's still hanging on your wall. And maybe that just needs to go and you can more truly be who you are right now. And also that thought too, that maybe it makes you more flexible by getting, by, by letting go of some of those things. Maybe that's the flexibility that makes you more truly you or allows you to move more truly into the way you are today. Or to these new things that are waiting for you around the corner. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, you're kind of like freeing yourself up. But, you know, speaking of this kind of pretentious lifestyle, that that just kind of triggered another thing that I hadn't thought about before we got on the phone. But I have been thinking about this when we asked her what are people's fears as they embark on this downsizing yeah. Uh, exercise. And she said, well, one thing is that people are fear loss of status. And yeah. because all of these things that they've collected sort of represent this whole life of things they've accomplished and letting go of those it somehow may feel like you're letting go of those accomplishments. And that really, I mean, obviously I've got this house full of things that I've collected over, you know, decades and continents yeah. and experiences. And, you know, I mean, I even said after this to my husband, I said, should we let go of those Belgian tapestries? Like, who wants those things anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, never mind that the people who made those also made the tapestries in Versailles. Like, who cares? You know, our kids will use them to line their cat <laughs> litter box, I'm sure. <laughs> so, and, and the other thing that, that I thought about was, the other fear was people asking who will come and visit me in this place? Because it's not a showcase. It's not a large place. We're moving to a part of town where a lot of our friends don't live. And um, will people drive across town to see us? And all of these things that are involved with that, you know, will we become this kind of way out of the way place that nobody goes to and we have to go to go to our old friends or, and and I- let me just share with you something from uh, living in co-housing that I had not really thought about until we we're talking about this is that it it's a unique way of, of living that people are interested in. And yeah. so people are interested in coming. They're curious, you know, like, what is that really like? And then when they're there, the feeling of being with in a community that is vibrant and interesting is very compelling, you mm-hmm. know? So I felt like it was in some ways a, a much more attractive. Um, people didn't, they were, they came with curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so you had just a really wonderful time with your friends, you know, talking about 
what it is, you know, the, for their first time there. And then after that, they know people there too, and they've come to a dinner before, or so they have that same draw, that same pull. Whereas in your own home, when it's just you and your family, there is some of the same, you know, people might be, they're not curious about your, your lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like they already know you. Um, and when they come, the draw is to, to your family. But I think that the difference, like the Delta between the two is that feeling of community when people come. And so we would have friends come and they would be like, oh my gosh, like I would, we could just spend all afternoon, you know, with kids out playing and just hanging out. And, you know, whereas now in our, in our lives, we might have friends over and then we all might walk out somewhere to go, um, like there's a beer garden here on, on this right. net that you might walk out to go to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't, you don't go places because you already have that sense of community and conviviality. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the- yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. I think, I think that's, I think that my sense about that is that the more I sort of talk about it and visualize it, the more I can connect with that. But I think when you're first, you know, kind of looking at this, um, it's still, I think, a question that people are asking themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so what else? Any sort of closing kind of thoughts from, from them? <laughs> well, the one that I think resonated with me so much as we're, you know, going through construction and we're coming close to um, having all of the homes in our community um, have been, almost all of them have been spoken for at this point. And one of the common themes was, well, you know, after people do this, you know, downsizing or this organizing or prioritizing, or they move into the smaller space, the most, you know, the dominant feeling is, oh gosh, that was so easy. I'm so glad that I did that. I'm so, it's so wonderful that that wasn't hard at all. And so I'm very excited for us to get past the like, Wow, it takes a long time to build co-housing into like oh my god, the, yeah, the amnesia stage, you know, where you're just like, oh, that was easy, yeah, yeah. of course we did that. That's yeah. like deciding you're gonna have babies again, you know, after a first rough ride. Yep. Um, oh, that was easy. Let's do that again. Yeah, yeah. I think Kelly, yeah, we need to you? actually like you know write a letter that we seal and it says put it in a glass case and says in case you're thinking about helping another group start co-housing in Houston open this envelope first yes yes I think that's a good idea a very frank letter yes where do you see yourself in five years I think that one of the phrases that one of the women um said about this feeling about the afterwards is that one one of them was really focusing on the fact that a lot of her clients tell her I can't believe I was able to do this. I and really felt proud of themselves yeah. that they actually did that. It felt like they were, you know, they had really tackled something that was they were scared of, felt like a huge mountain to climb. And the easier path, which would have had much, much less energizing results, would have been to just stay in place. continue to be stuck in this attachment to everything and then have your world kind of shrink around you because you're sort of stuck glued to all this stuff and you're not moving anywhere. And yet they were, I just sort of visualize these people as kind of being freed and loosened and they can fly again and energy is being released into their life. And they're feeling so proud of, it's kind of like when you remember when you first learned how to ride a bike and it was kind of scary, you were falling over and then you, you know, you took off and it was amazing freedom. Yes. Okay, Lynn, I'm going to share a story with you then. 
about our first uh, same month in Gray Rock. Uh-huh. There's a common green right outside of our um, outside of our our home, and it had a sidewalk around the in a circle around the common uh-huh. green. And we arrived with three kids who couldn't ride bikes. And oh. one of them, there was a, so the the green, it was a sidewalk that went around and there was a, a little bridge in one part. And so uh, one of our kids just went out and Mike came home from work and, and she was like, I just, I want to do it. I'm going to do it. And he was like, okay. And so they started just after the bridge, you know, so uh-huh. she'd have a good long time yeah. and you watch the like wobble, wobble, yeah, wobble, yeah. you know, made it through the first turn is coming back on the on the straightaway. And then I'm like, Oh, that bridge, that bridge. And then she made it over the bridge and she was so delighted with herself. She fell off her bike. (laughs) But there you go. There you have it. This is our co-housing bridge, our bridge on our, on our uh, learning how to ride our bike without training wheels. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exciting. Well, thanks for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. I think it, I think it's exciting to move beyond sometimes just these kind of, I mean, you can read a million emails on becoming a minimalist and, you know, 10 practical tr- tricks to simplifying your life, blah, 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 blah. But I just love getting deeper into the emotional side, which is really what's going to propel us forward. So definitely. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston.